What's up, everyone? Welcome into the Fortress of Comic Tude podcast. I am Tyler. I'm Mary. And we are here to do a, another creator focused episode, which is a, uh, a monthly, semi monthly show that we do uh, where we uh, choose a random comic creator's name out of a bucket and we're uh, going to give you a little history of said creator. And then we each uh, chose something of their work to talk about and just kind of our general feelings about that person and then at the end of this episode we will pick another name for next month's creator focus episode so mary who are we talking about this week we are talking about joshua williamson joshua williamson which is awesome because he's probably i mean not probably he's definitely the most modern creator that we've 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 picked so far uh definitely uh because i really couldn't find too much it was basically a lot of he's done this and this and this and this. He hasn't had like the history like how Neil Adams had history of, oh, then he went to work for this company and then he was out of it and he was doing some political stuff to get like creators rights and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like or like same thing with Marv Wolfman, same thing with uh, George, George Perez, Perez. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have the tenure that uh, obviously some of those other guys have had. And we did Gary Frank. Yeah. On the last one, which was really good. I mean, these are all guys that are still working, Marv Wolfman and still working, but yeah. but they've been around the game a lot longer than Joshua Williamson has, who is one of these more um he's 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 in that next step. He's gonna be, you know, one of these guys that's gonna take us into the next twenty years, I think. Hopefully. So quick shout out just to everybody who listened to uh last week's episode of the podcast. We had Kylie and we had Charles here to do a, a, a episode about is there too many politics in comics? And we talked about Comics Gate and everything for a little while. I'm actually really proud of how that episode turned out. So I knew some people were kind of turned off by it. And, you know, maybe it didn't do as well as maybe some of our other episodes did. But if you listened to that one and you enjoyed it, please let us know because I'm really proud of it. And I'm just, you know, thank you for, for giving it a listen because that was a, a podcast I'd been wanting to do for quite some time. Yes. So. You had been talking about it for a while. So. I did, and it was a it was a matter of getting everybody together to to do it. So Joshua Williamson is a awesome writer, and yep. he has done quite a bit. Like he's done a good chunk of indie stuff, and he is the current writer for Mary's favorite superhero, The Flash. The Flash. Which, um, if you didn't listen to our, we did a uh, issue by issue review of Flash War when it was going on. So um, if you listen to those, you obviously know probably how we feel about Joshua Williamson as a writer already. But we're We gonna, enjoy him a lot. Yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit more in depth. So before we get to our our uh, book reports, we're Mary's going to do a little bit of history here for you guys, or at least what she, what she could gather for a guy that's only like 20-something years old. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, tell so, us about Joshua Williamson. Yeah, so like I said, it's just a lot of he's done this and then this and then this. Some interesting facts that I learned um, that I don't, I don't think many people know. Um, it is listed on his his website. Okay. They're listed on there. Um, so I wrote them down because I was like, oh, that's interesting. So what first thing I wrote down is his alias. This came up for some reason that Joshua Williamson is also known as Josh Williamson. I just <laughs> thought it was funny, so I wrote like, it down. Just I'm in like, case. Just in case. Just so you know, Joshua can also be called Josh. It's like if you like brought up to somebody and was like, oh yeah, Joshua Williamson, who? Oh, you mean Josh Williamson. Josh Williamson, oh, okay. yes. Yeah, yes. I know him. <laughs> I have, his birthday is December 23rd, uh, 1981. Ooh. 
right before oh so he okay so he's a little older than i yeah <laughs> he's oh. he's in his 30s but yeah he um is. he uh, looks really good then he looks pretty young because have I, I seen any pictures of him current i don't think that you i don't, don't know. know what he looks like i don't think so i'm pretty you've seen him before i'm i probably but you know how i am i'm really right. terrible with names yeah. and faces like even he looks actors, he looks really good even actors i don't know very well okay so. He's, so he's born right before christmas yes the 23rd right on yes he was not a what is it called christmas eve he's not a christmas eve baby he's not a christmas baby he's a christmas eve eve baby christmas eve eve baby yep That's right. <laughs> his birthdays must have been terrible oh i feel so bad for those people i really do because they get like they born get so close to they christmas. get gypped yeah. like they don't they don't get a birthday and christmas they just get some mixture of the two yeah so it's like you yeah you get gypped you do i i would think you like just barely made the cut like you're like right outside because once you get i feel like if your birthday is either at the end of november or early december you're basically getting screwed like you're you're getting mixed because there's no way people are going to spend a bunch of money on you and then spend money on you again in a couple weeks yeah so like mary's birthday is november 18th so she like she's like she made the cut off just barely (laughs) Like, it's close enough to where people still complain. Like, didn't we just buy you presents a month ago? But, like, mm-hmm. they still do it. So, like, you're just barely outside of the realm of, just like... Just enough. Yep, just enough. Just enough that I don't get gypped on. Oh, well, most of your presents are going to be for Christmas anyways. But anyway, uh, but that's that's something different. Yeah. Usually yeah. my birthday's like, the week before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That was... I always think of that, like my birthday and then Thanksgiving and Mary then Black Factoid. Friday. Mary Factoid. Um, not interesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll move so Joshua Williamson's <laughs> birthday is December 23rd. Yes. Uh, he lives in Portland, Oregon. Yep. Uh, still lives there, I believe. Still, yep. Yep. So then I move into known works. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a few listed here. There's a lot of other ones, but these are just the top ones that mm-hmm. I listed. Um, I got Nailbiter. Yep. Uh, which is what I read. I read Nailbiter. I didn't read all of it because it's six volumes. So I got to the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really good. And we'll talk about that later. Yep. Image uh, Comics book. Yes. Then I also have Birthright. Which is the other big Image Comic The other one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I We only read the first issue. Not first issue. First I, I've volume. Read the, I've read the first arc. First I've arc. read the first arc of Birthright. Yeah. And I know people love this book. And this is ongoing still. I don't know if... No, is Nobody still going? Uh, Pretty sure it ended. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that one I, I, I do know for a fact... Birthright is still going. Yeah. It is ongoing stuff. I have I have listed like the ongoing stuff kind of like just in my notes. They just think, say like ongoing. I think Birthright's into like it's like 30th issue-ish somewhere around there. Like it's it's still going. The over 50 issues of The Flash already in the bank now yeah. too. So he's got a lot of work under him. Yep. Uh, so then next thing, I haven't read this, uh, but Ghosted. It mm-hmm. was a pretty big one. Like when I was looking him up, it was a pretty big big thing that he's done i haven't read it i don't know what it's about i don't know either I've, I... I've seen it on if if anybody out there has a comiXology unlimited subscription it's on there as part of your subscription so you can read it for free if you have that mm-hmm. um it's one of those ones that's on my list to get to just haven't got there i imagine it's about a haunted house there you full go. of ghosts maybe yes he, de- he definitely <laughs> likes horror that's that's clear yeah um yeah no letter is good mm-hmm. uh <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Now, Biter's good. Then we have Justice League No Justice. He was a part of that? Wait. Yep. Yes, um, he was a part of it. Yes. Yep. Um, which I, I listed on. Co-written by him, things. Scott Snyder, and James Tiny in the fourth. Yeah. So uh, I got that. And then The Flash. He's working on The Flash. Those are some known works. Mm-hmm. Um, he's about to get a brand new 
series called Justice League Odyssey that has not started yet, but that is the uh, the, oh, the the Justice yeah. League in space team basically, which consists of like Cyborg, Starfire, Jessica Cruz, Azriel, Darkseid, and I might be missing somebody else, but it's uh it's the space Justice League team, which. So yeah, Scott Snyder is writing the main Justice League book, and then James Tynion is writing Justice League Dark, and Joshua Williamson is writing Justice League Odyssey, which, like I say, at the time of this recording, the first issue has not been out yet. Why did I think that Justice League Odyssey was supposed to be a part of the Justice League No Justice? Because it is. It, it is? It, it, pretty much it. Like, Justice League No Justice was the one that, like, set it up. Okay. And, like, so that's why they all co-wrote together. Like, by the end of Justice League No Justice, the new Justice League is formed and the Justice League Dark are kind of forming. And, like, like you see the groundwork for how they're going to spin off into these other books. Oh, okay. So. All right. Uh, so then I jump into characters created by. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has created August Hart, yep. Godspeed. Yep. From the Flash. Spoiler. Just kidding. Yes. Uh, Spoilers for the book I was yeah. going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's a f- few years old now. How yeah, old is two it? years, about two, two years. Yeah. Two years old. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't know about Godspeed, where have you been? Yeah. Um, you should at least know who he is. I would <clears throat> say. DC Comics, where DC Collectibles, where's my Godspeed action figure? It's been two fucking years. <clears throat> Sorry. Yes, I need this as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then I have, I I don't know how to say her name, but it's from the Flash. It's uh, Mina. Yeah. Mina. Darwin. Darwin. I always said Mina. That's how I would say it. Yeah. It, I was saying the last name. Oh, I don't know. It's D H A W A N. Yeah, Darwin. Um, yeah, Darwin. That's yeah. what I would think. Mina. Uh, yeah. so, uh, I have an alias for her. Her alias is Fast Track. Yep. So I didn't know that. I'm not reading. I'm not up on Flash. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, you're reading I'm in Flash, and out of but it. You're not caught up on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so in and out of it. You read it sporadically. Yes, because I have other things that I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Other things that I'm reading, like Ice Cream Man. Yep. Which we'll get to at the end of this, this episode. Oh my gosh. This. It was so good. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, we can talk about that later. Yes. Uh, so then I also have Avery Ho, which is from The Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, her alias was also The Flash. So she's being called The Flash as well, yeah. apparently, which is great. Yeah. Uh, is it a she? It's a she. Yeah. Maybe I'm gender gendering <laughs> her. Maybe she does not define herself as a she. There I don't you know. Go. Maybe. <laughs> um, until she tells me otherwise, I will. Uh, so then I have Golden Guardian, um, mm. which is, she was from New Earth, apparently. So. Okay. Which I thought Golden Guardian was from the future, but. Maybe. I don't remember. Maybe they call their future New Earth. I, I don't know. Or maybe she came from an alternate Earth in the future. I oh, don't maybe. remember. It gets muddy. I don't know. Time um, travel and alternate <laughs> Earths gets muddy. Um, so then I also have, so when I was looking up characters that he's created he came up with uh the king queen and jack of spades which is the royal flesh gang but uh but they were in before so maybe, maybe just maybe the rebirth a, yeah ones. maybe a certain incarnation of them perhaps it, yeah. it said prime so maybe. maybe the other ones weren't from prime earth i don't know i don't know so i'm he's noted on there as okay. for king queen and jack of spades that he's a co-creator Okay. So uh, then I also have that he's co-creator of the Justice League team's mystery, entropy, wisdom, and wonder. Mm-hmm. He's listed on there as long, like, just like with Scott Snyder and the others. Okay. So those are who I, does what he I have get listed. A, does he get a co-creation ca- uh, credit for the Red Death? Because I know, like... I didn't see that on the okay, list. Okay, because I know, like, Dark Knight's Metal was obviously Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's, like, deal. But, like, Joshua Williamson wrote the one shot that... Mm-hmm the red death issue 
which was phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if he has like any credit for like co-creating that character. Not like, on the DC website, as far okay. as I saw, which is where I got like all of these. Pretty much was from the DC website. These mm-hmm. are the ones that he's listed as creator. He at the very least like deserves like a nod for. Like, I would think so. For like fleshing that character out because that one shot was so good. Yeah. Probably. It's that it's that one's either my favorite or the Dawnbreaker issue, which was the Green Lantern Batman from Dark Knight's Metal. Like those two were the best. So um, I wanted to bring that up because, like I said, I don't know if you can necessarily credit him, but he definitely deserves like a shout out for writing that Red Death issue because it's really good. Yeah, that Red Death issue is really good. Okay, so then I'm getting into his career. Um, his career started off in 2007. Um, Very where, modern. Yeah, where he was doing a number of books for Shadowline, Image, Desperado Publishing, Kickstart, and DC Comics. Okay. And so I have a quote from, what's his name? John Lehman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that Joshua Williamson is my favorite up and coming writer and he's the future of comics. You dummies just haven't realized it yet. I, I don't would, know when he said this, but. <laughs> I would wholeheartedly agree. He could say that. He could have said that today and I would wholeheartedly agree. Like, yeah, he he's going, like, he's already gone places, but he's, he's, he's still going, going places. He like, has a lot more to do. Yeah. I think, I, I think his best stuff is still to come. Mm-hmm. So like reading his stuff now feels like probably how people felt when like jeff johns was writing jsa and teen titans in the early 2000s and they're like this guy's good but he's gonna be really good when he gets his hands on like green lantern like he obviously did like like i, I don't feel like Josh- joshua williamson has like i don't feel like he's peaked yet is what i'm saying i guess i wouldn't think so 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 i mean we won't really know when his peak is until he starts on the downslide, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you won't know until he starts on a downslide, which he hasn't hit yet as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I definitely think you can feel it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like for me, Jeff Johns is Blackest Night. Like to me, that's 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 his... That's his but when the, would you have realized that after Blackest Night? Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe not directly after, but everything after that has felt different. Not like it's less good or whatever. What about but, Doomsday Clock? Yeah, Doomsday Clock is amazing. Like so I then said, he's on the up again? Yeah, like I think that's going to be his, what's the word, like his opius, his opius or whatever, like they call it, like that's his crown jewel, I think is Blackest Night, yeah. for me at least. Okay, I can agree but, with that. Yeah. Uh, so then I have a fun fact, which if if you didn't know, um, Joshua's favorite speedster when he was a kid is Bart Allen. Huh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you read Flash War. It does. It does make sense. Um. <laughs> I just, I wanted to throw that in there because I thought, oh, well, people didn't know. Now they do. Impulse they is awesome. Impulse is awesome. I I also love Bart Allen. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that he's back and I hope that he gets into the comics soon. Sooner than later, hopefully. Yeah. Didn't you say that he's, did, did you watch an interview where he said that he's, he'll be up Joshua sometime? William, yeah. Joshua Williamson sounded like it's not going to be like in the near, near, he said, he said, Impulse is going to appear in the Flashbook and be a part of the Flashbook eventually. Like but we he, don't know when. Okay. He, yeah, he said it's not something that I have to worry about at this point because like, he was talking about like tabling, like having to work with all these characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he said Bart's not a character that I really have to worry about right now. There's a plan for him down the road. Okay. I don't know if that down the road means later this year or next year. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. All right, so then now I'm getting into uh, more history. We got the 2000s. Um, Mm -hmm. I have, uh, he started basically uh, 
pretty much this is my first thing that I noted um, was that he started he did Necessary Evil issues one through ten mm-hmm. with Desperado Publishing. That's from 2007 to 2008, and apparently Cartoon Network picked this up. Oh, really? I don't know what it is, but they picked it up. Huh. So I don't know. I I didn't watch like any Cartoon Network at that time because that's kind of when Cartoon Network was shit. Like yeah, like the late the late 2000s were really bad. Like be, and once they hit like 2010, 2011, Cartoon no, this Network is recent. Kind of cr- oh, Cartoon oh, they, Network oh, recently. Oh, just now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying like they developed it into something back then. No, like, no, no, oh, like no. I would know because I have not seen any no, of their shit. No, this is a recent thing. And I mean, oh. like, maybe it could have got canceled. I haven't heard anything on Cartoon Network. And mm-hmm. obviously we have kids and they watch cartoons. They We would have heard true. something somewhere eventually. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah. I also follow him on Twitter and have not seen anything on that as well. But like I haven't like seen him post anything like, hey, they're doing this show or mm-hmm. anything. So. so I don't know. It just, it was... They wanted to pick it up. I don't know if anything more has been done with it. Apparently, so huh. guess we'll um, see. Maybe they didn't do anything with it. I don't know. Maybe I mean these things take a long time too. True. You know, maybe it's in development in a year Still or two from on now. Still waiting on lock we'll and key. It. Yeah, so. yeah. We're we're getting it though. We're finally getting lock we're and getting key. Getting it. Yes, thank God. <laughs> uh, so then my next thing is Dear Dracula, and that's from Image Comics. That's in two thousand eight. I. I don't know what it's about. It's about Dracula, apparently. Right. I think, I would think. Uh, so then I also have Johnny Monster, which is from Image Comics. And that's in 2009. That's only three issues. Okay. Uh, then Overlook, that's also three issues with Image Comics. He's done a lot, a lot of, image, of stuff. image stuff. Yeah, I mean, a lot of good creator-owned stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's that's really all I have for the 2000s. Now we get into the 2010s. Um, it's called Fractured Fables. And this is like, a, it's supposed to be a tortoise in the hare short story. Okay. I know I noted that. That's what it's, okay. that's what the description was for it. And that was in, that was in 2010 by Image Comics. Lots of Image Comics, <laughs> like we said. Then we have a kickstart comic, Mirror, Mirror. I don't know what that is about. <laughs> Two mirrors talking to each other. There you go. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and then we have Batman, Superman, or Superman, Batman, seventy-one with DC Comics, and that's a co-write. He co-wrote okay. it. Um, I didn't write. I didn't write down who with though. So I love I, that series. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have read that issue. I probably read that issue and don't even know it. Oh, was it like a collection or something? Like, well, that that was the title. They had the title Superman Batman at one time, where they oh. did like Public Enemies and oh. that book and okay. DC you should bring that book back because I loved that book. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great title. Yeah, you did. You did like that book. I did. I very much, very much did. Is that the one where they did the movie for su- the Supergirl one? The Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Public Enemy. Public Enemies is the first, is the very first arc of that series. And then the second arc is called Supergirl. But when they did the movie, they called it Apocalypse. Ah, uh, yes. But the, the, the book is called Supergirl. Okay. I got you now. Beautiful art by Michael Turner. Mm. Then we also have another Kickstart comics, which is Endangered. That uh, was in 2011. He did Incredible Hulk's uh, number 614 in 2010 for Marvel Comics. Only one issue. I don't know how that worked, but uh, um, it's it's probably one of these things where he's a younger writer, and a lot of times, like mm-hmm. when they give the normal creative team a break, that's when they let somebody like Joshua Williamson write an issue. You know what I mean? It's like okay. The normal creative team just finished this long eight-issue arc or whatever. We give them one issue off, and then they come back and start the next thing. So it's oh, like yeah, a, that makes a, sense. a filler issue, probably. You that know, makes sense. like uh, they they do that a lot more with like annuals now. Like they don't 
a lot of times they don't have the normal creative team write the annuals anymore. It's like, okay, take the annual off and let somebody, people probably don't know, do the annual. Maybe try to get some people out there because they know that people yeah. aren't going to be around forever, obviously. Exactly. All right. So then I have just a fun fact. I, I didn't know this, but apparently he wrote the Smallville newspaper. And this is a DC Comics promotion back in 2011. Oh. And it was just, they were just articles that were based on the CW TV show. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. I have another fun fact that you pro- that maybe you probably didn't know. Um, so remember those subway ads in the DC Comics? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joshua Williamson wrote those. Did he really? He did. Oh, my God. <laughs> remember how much we didn't like them? Oh. They're doing Snickers ones now <laughs> that they've been doing for the last little while, and mm-hmm. they drive me so nuts because there's times where, like, I... For some reason, I'm like too invested in the book. I know. And there would be times where like it's the next page, and like I don't. You just start reading it. And yeah, you're like, you just the start heck reading is going it. On? And, like this has nothing to do. Oh, I it's did a that. fucking Snickers ad. <laughs> I did that. I did that when I was reading um the the Flashpoint stuff. They mm-hmm. would have the subway ads in it, and for like the first time that I had looked at them, and I was like reading the book, and I was like, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Why is Batman, why are they running with these other, with these guys? Why do they have Subway? So what she's saying is, fuck you, Josh, because (laughs) we don't... (laughs) You threw us off. Yeah. (laughs) Don't disguise your ads as comics. That's not fair. (laughs) Um, But we still love you, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, They were just annoying. Um, Not your fault, though. Not your fault for how they were placed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, power to you. You got paid to do it. Exactly. Exactly. They were in every single one. If somebody was like, you want to get paid to write this one page ad for fucking Subway? I'm like, yeah. 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 yeah I'll do that. Yeah. I'll take the check. <laughs> so more power uh, to you. <laughs> uh, so then I have, uh, we, he did Captain Midnight, uh, number zero, and then number one through 24, which I don't know why they didn't just say number one, like number zero, zero through, through 24, 24, but they just separated it out into number zero. Okay. That was for Dark Horse Comics that ran through. Uh, 2013 to 2015. Okay. So it was, it was in there for a while. Uh, then we also have Illuminati number one through seven for Marvel. Okay. Then we have Haunted Mansion number one through five miniseries for Marvel. So Haunted Mansion like like the Eddie Murphy movie? Well, not, <laughs> not the Eddie. The Eddie <laughs> Murphy movie is based off of a ride yeah. at Disneyland. <laughs> Which owns Marvel Comics. Yes. I don't know if these are connected. I've never heard of this book before, but I, I if I had to guess, it probably is something connected to the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Oh, what about the Eddie Murphy movie? I, they're both based <laughs> off the same thing. <laughs> but I, d- I doubt I doubt the, the comic is any relation to that movie. Dang it. I do. I, I want to see Eddie Murphy in a comic book. <laughs> All right. Maybe he's there. I don't maybe know. Maybe he is. Maybe we should pick it up. We should find it. We probably won't. I'm checking comicsology as soon as we're done. All right. Uh, okay. So then I have Ghosted. He did. Uh, that's 20 issues for Image Comics. And that ran from 2013 to 2015. Okay. So that ended. That's not an ongoing. And we have Frostbite. That's a, just a mini series. It's only six issues. For, that's for Vertigo. Mm-hmm, Vertigo yeah. DC. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing very good things about that book. Uh, I I feel like I've heard of it, not not anything mm-hmm. like I don't know what it's about or anything. I remember like. when it was coming out. Like I remember seeing oh, it when okay. it was coming out. I remember DC uh, plugging it, like promoting it when it came out. I just I didn't pick it up for. Do you know reason. what it's about at all? I have. I can't remember. Like I remember seeing like the 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 plugs and stuff for it. I just 
I can't remember, but Is I do remember hearing. Snow? Yeah, no, <laughs> it's a Vertigo book, so it's completely off on its own thing. But okay. it's, I, I remember hearing it's very good. It's one that I another one that I probably plan to get to at some point. Mm-hmm. So then I have Nailbiter. That's oh, I was wrong. It's only thirty issues. I thought it was like fifty. Oh okay. Huh. I mean, thirty still. Thirty is still a lot. Thirty issues is a lot. Yes, that was for Image Comics, and that ran from 2014 to 2017. Okay, so Nailbiter is done. Yes, Nailbiter okay. is done. Uh, and then I also have uh, Justice League versus Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. which was the first. That was the first event of DC yes. Rebirth. Yep, yep. I have it written. It's an event series, and that's on. That's from 2016 to 17. It was December of 2016. Yeah. To, it was. Uh, it was six uh, issues. It was six issues, but it was weekly, so it was six weeks in a row. Yeah. So it's. It December says, too. yeah, it says 2016, 2017, but it was six weeks. It was a six yeah. week book. And I think it had like two tie ins. Mm-hmm. So it was a smaller event, but it was the first event after the rebirth kickoff. Had started. Yeah. yeah I remember so, you reading it. it. Yeah, I have it. And it, it was good. It was good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, then we have Justice League No Justice 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is at the end of the Dark Knights uh, Metal, Dark yep. Knight Metal, Dark Knights Metal. Yep. And that yeah. was a four, four issue. Weekly, another weekly series that, yeah. Yeah. So basically, some stuff happened and it was, it changed the fabric of the DC universe and then uh, Justice League No Justice started. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you read Dark Knight's Metal, then you know that the source wall was broken at the end of that book. And Spoilers. Yeah. And I didn't know that. These giant monsters were coming out of the source wall to kill everyone yeah so just like no justice was the first thing that came out of that and then there were four cosmic energies and they had giant space gods yep oh um, called omega titans oh omega titans and they are now loose yep apparently the previously mentioned monsters coming out of the source wall yes basically yes. to destroy everything okay and the justice league like a bunch of the dc characters had to just divide into these four teams to combat the uh the omega titans mm-hmm. it was fun okay Okay, so then I have uh, this sounded really interesting, so I can I want to read it. It's called Deathbed. Mm-hmm. Have That's you heard another of that? one. I've heard of that one. Uh, Keith has been on this podcast once before, and good yes, friend of ours. he's talked about it. He he's loves heard this it from. book. Yeah, yeah, he loves this book. It's supposed to be. It's not a Vertigo book that he's doing right now. Would you care to explain to the listeners what this is about? I, if I did, I would. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, basically, it is about an old man. Uh, he used to be uh, pretty well known. Uh, he disappeared, um, and he has now hired a reporter to basically write his biography or something. I okay. don't remember. Uh, he's on his deathbed. Oh, um, okay. And so he hired somebody to basically tell his story, and he's like ninety ninety years old. Mm-hmm. It's another one that's supposed to be really good, like deathbed, and that's that's ongoing still. So that's. I don't know if that's supposed to be like a limited miniseries or if it's supposed to be ongoing, but I know it's still coming out. So I don't know if it like has an end coming or not. I don't know. I have no idea. But Deathbed is supposed to be very enjoyable from what I have heard. Uh, Yeah. So Val is the reporter that he hires and apparently she will find herself entering into an insane world of psychedelic violence and explosive supernatural adventure. Um, and that is only six issues. Oh, it's only six issues. Okay. It's only six issues, uh, which, dang it. <laughs> well, I mean, I like those because it's one trade. It's all contained and there it is. Boom, done. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know. I haven't read it, so maybe it's all fine. I know the color, the covers were very bright and colorful. Mm-hmm. 
I remember they were very enticing to the eye <laughs> seeing them in the store. All right. Uh, so then I move into just his ongoing stuff, uh, Birthright. Yep. Uh, that's been going on since 2014 with Image Comic. Probably one of the, uh, uh, probably one of the like higher recommended books from Image, like by a lot of people, like one of their 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 higher tier books like really give like what are the top image books obviously like walking dead and saga are going to be like one and two mm-hmm. but i feel like birthright's like right in that uh next one of like p- books image books that people would recommend to you mm-hmm. like it's right there with like sex criminals and you know stuff like that so mm-hmm. so birthright if you don't know what it's about it's mm-hmm. very like fantasy yeah um other world so it's it's about this boy he goes missing in the forest and he finds himself in this magical world and he's there for like years like right? he's a grown man when he's he a grown back. man he comes back it's only been like a year or like so a year yeah a maybe. year's time yeah i don't remember it's been a while since i read it so uh, but yeah, it wasn't very long. And he comes back and he's like, I'm this kid. And everyone's like, I don't believe you. What are you talking about? And the only person that believes him is the dad. The dad and yeah, the brother. Get, the dad the, and the brother. I don't know if the brother. The brother does, right? I thought he does. He might. I think the brother does. The, the mom is the one that's like wants nothing to do. Yeah, she's because like, everybody thinks that the dad killed him. Yeah. So yeah, the, this family, their son goes missing one day when they're like playing catch in the yeah. woods mm-hmm. and then yeah he returns like a year later in our time but he's been gone like 30 yeah, years so he's like a grown man and the mom is like in uh process of divorcing the dad at this yeah. point because yeah the whole town is this spoilers no i mean it's just it's set up for the the, the first arc and so i mean to, to kind of see we don't say anything about the other world so that's yeah and there's there's certain things that are from the world he lived in that are supposedly hiding in the world we live in now. And True. it's a lot of, um, like I say, it's a lot of fantasy adventure kind of. Uh, so if you like fantasy, you should read this from Joshua Williamson. Yeah. Very well written. Yes. Um, I don't know who drew it, but I remember thinking it looked uh, very nice. I don't know who drew it either. All right. So read Birthright. Yep. Yes. Uh, read read anything he's done because even if we haven't. You're not going to be disappointed. I don't think so. Except for maybe the subway ads. And Yeah. <laughs> And I think one of the things that makes him so interesting, number one, the guy's a freaking workhorse. Like, look how much comics he has under his belt in the short amount of time. And, like, every month, there's, like, four or five books coming out. I mean, it's three pages worth. Like, yeah. I, I even cut out a bunch because I'm like, I don't, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough notes that mm-hmm. I can take to... Like Put he's a busy down. guy. Like he's he, done a lot. he puts in the work. Like yes. he's there's a lot of but even right now you have Flash, Birthright, and then I I don't know if Deathbed's over or not. It might be Deathbed is over. Okay, so Deathbed just ended, but then you have Justice League Odyssey. It's about to start. Mm-hmm. So there's three ongoings right there. Yeah. Plus the other just different little things that he kind of dabbles in. So like he's a busy guy. Like he writes a lot. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I like about him is like the versatility. Like. You would never guess that the guy that writes The Flash is the same guy that wrote a book like Deathbed. Yeah. Or Nailbiter. As far as my my notes go, Deathbed has ended. Um, Okay. As far as my notes go. I think you're right. Yeah. I can't remember. So right now I only have Birthright is ongoing and Flash is ongoing. Okay. And then Justice League Odyssey will be. But it just just hasn't started yet. But like he's, he can write different genres. That's the, that's the thing. Like he's not one of these people that 
has a a type that he sticks to. Yeah, he can go from like Flash, which is superhero based, to Birthright, which is a fantasy based, to Nailbiter, which is like a horror, like mystery. Yeah, horror crime book. Horror yeah. crime book. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's one of those that that's what makes me think that he's gonna have a really long career because he can constantly he doesn't really have tropes to where you're like you could read something and go oh that's Joshua Williamson thing like that's it like he doesn't really have that uh, like style of writing that's necessarily just to him he writes everything a little bit different Mm -hmm. so even just in his run on the flash he writes different arcs differently like he writes he can write flash stories that are a little more upbeat and kind of fluff versus some that get really kind of dark you know, whenever you have guys like Eobarthon involved and stuff where it's like now the story kind of goes to a darker place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's he's really he's really versatile. He's really talented in what he's able to do, you know, be able to pull from different genres and that, which I like a lot. So. Yes. Very talented. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say? Like, um, uh, I know you I, watched some interviews. Did he say anything interesting in the interviews? Um, not so much like the history of who he is or anything. Uh, he seems like a really nice guy. Number mm-hmm. one, I he's somebody I'd like to meet at some point. I remember I wasn't uh, yeah I wasn't <laughs> real familiar with him until the the rebirth panel when like right before rebirth was going to start and they announced all the creative teams for all the books. Yes, and he just seemed like so psyched to be writing the Flash. Like you could tell he was like so into it, mm-hmm. and that has shown through his whole run. And so. Since then, going back and reading some of his older stuff and continuing with the stuff that he's doing now, like that's the only reason I'm really even interested in that Justice League Odyssey book for the most part. I mean, Starfire's on it. She's one of my favorite characters. But other than that, like that book's not really one that like I would normally like, I'm going to read that. But because he's writing it, it's at least worth an issue or two. And uh, he needs to he needs to be given something really big, I think, because I think he's earned it. Yeah. Like, I think he needs to write the next like big DC event. Because Justice League versus Suicide Squad was an event, but it was very small scale. It didn't really affect the DC universe as a whole the way that like Dark Knight's Metal did. That was this gigantic thing. Like Scott Snyder proved he could do an event last summer. You know, like that the events they're really picky on who they give those to because it's hard. It's a whole different like Would you want him game. to write an event over maybe writing something under the black label? Oh uh, no, I wanna see the, I mean, yeah, black label power to him, but I wanna see him write I wanna see him like with the lights the brightest like okay. i want to see him put on the big book yeah of the year or whatever like i'd like to see him do something kind of like how um uh like darkest night blackest, Not, night. blackest night how blackest night was i kind of want to see that but with the flash because the flash for him is like is his favorite yeah and then like for jeff johns green lantern was his favorite mm-hmm. so i'd like to see him do something big like kind of with with that but with the flash that i think mm-hmm. that would be really good a flash based event yeah yeah because like i mean he's done big stories like flash war was really huge mm-hmm. and he co-wrote the button with mm-hmm. tom king which was in batman and the flash so like he's done big stories like everybody read those i want to see him like take the next step like i think DC needs to give him the next event. Yes. So that, that's what I would love. Um, like, Scott Snyder got his turn. Now Tom King gets to do Heroes in Crisis starting next week at the time of this recording. Like, Joshua Williamson, I think, has Who's earned... Who's gonna die? Yeah. Joshua Williamson has earned the, uh, at least, chance, I think, to do a big scale kind of a book. So... Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Because Justice League Su- versus Suicide Squad was good. Like, it was a lot of characters and it never really felt like he was juggling too many things. He was able to... 
you know, do what he had to do. And it, it got tropey at times, I guess. Like, it's one of those things where they sell it as like, it's this versus this. But really, they only fight at the very beginning until there's something else that they have to fight together. And now they have to, you know, what I mean, it's mm-hmm. one of those kind of things. Yeah. It's Batman versus Superman for eight minutes and then they fight Doomsday, right? So, like, it's it, it, it fell into that, but it was still really done well. Like, and say, and the button was phenomenal. I think him and Tom King knocked the button out of the park. Yeah. There was a lot of good stuff in the button. So right. are we moving on to book reports? Yeah, we can go on to book reports. Okay. Do you want to go right. first? Or you want me to go first? Um, yeah, I can go first. Okay. So Mary read Nailbiter from I Image Comics. I read Nailbiter. Yes. And I don't really want to spoil anything. Also, I can't really spoil too much because I am only halfway. So halfway is usually the, the marker where it's like, oh, these big, huge things are happening. Um, so I can't spoil anything like at the end. I can mm. only say things about the beginning so basically what it is it's about this town called buckaroo um this is where all of the like a bunch of serial killers are coming from so Mm -hmm. basically if you're born in this town and you move away you become a serial killer yeah yeah and so we have edward and he is the nail biter he's the serial killer and he bites people's nails until they die they eat i don't know I don't know exactly what he does. <laughs> I just know he's he has this thing for nails and yeah. biting nails. It's really gross. And he's captured, right? He, they they make him like a Hannibal Lecter kind of a Yeah. He's yeah. captured. He's captured and he went to trial and he was found not guilty, I think. Well, no, cuz he's he's in he's in captivity. No, he moves back to the town. Does he's he? not in captivity. No. Oh, I thought he was. I can't remember. No, sorry. He I read did, the first traded nail biter, but it was he a while did ago. get captured, um, and he's moved back to the town. I think they said he was found not guilty, so he just decided to move back. And like all mm. these people hate him, and they're like, "We know you did it." Like, oh, okay. Even right. if you were found not guilty, or if, or maybe he served time. I don't remember. Mm. Um, because that was like an issue one. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, or volume one? Yeah, volume one. As I remember, it's like a detective, right? Hit, going to this town to find out why all the serial killers are from this one place. So right? how it starts is that, yeah, the detective goes to this town because his friend had called him because he's in the town looking at, looking into why all the serial killers are coming from this mm-hmm. town. He's going back because, and then he finds out that his friend had gone missing. They can't find him. Mm-hmm. So basically the first little bit is they're, they're trying to find his friend and mm-hmm. they they do find him I'll, I'll say that they do find him uh but i don't i don't really want to say much more okay yeah the first trade of nail biter recommend it yes or no yeah okay. for sure i Definitely. recommend one through three <laughs> because that is what i've read i after i read four through six i will also recommend those Pro- possibly <laughs> quite probably yes what as, did you read as far as it well uh, back on nail biter for oh, a second okay. as it pertains to, like to the episode itself to joshua williams and how do you think like the writing is specifically for nail biter like oh, the so story good. itself it's so good like he does a really good job of like giving you a little bit here and then like totally surprising you with something else mm-hmm. or like like and they always go they like to go off onto like these things where so this main story is happening but you're also learning about like all these past serial killers mm-hmm. so they'll be doing something and all of a sudden you'll get like kind of a side story like they'll be telling like 
oh, what about this serial killer? And they'll tell you like what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't there like one asshole in the town or something that's like opens like a museum or something of serial yeah. killers and he's like making money off of like the shame of the town? Yes, he <laughs> made it because he's related to the first serial killer of that town. That's right. So yeah. he made it and it's like, it's like you can get like memorabilia. It's like a museum like, or something. Might as well make money. I'm like, mm, true. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd probably do it's it. despicable but it's despicable it's... but he's gonna make money off of it yeah so <laughs> okay nail biter check it out yeah um it's like pretty scary too like it's it's pretty like chilling at times um like it, it lives up to the uh to the horror the horror part of of the uh i guess like that it, it cashes that check i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah it's a horror mystery yeah so it feels like a, it feels like a CSI like Law and Order SVU kind of show like at times because you have like it's there's a heavy crime influence in it like law enforcement and stuff with the detective you're following around mixed within the supernatural kind of scary part of it as well like so there's no supernatural well, not super not maybe not supernatural but there's a it's it's scary I guess it's or maybe that maybe there is I I honestly don't yeah. know there could be maybe something supernatural going not on. in the first to be honest days. with you there's something weird going on with bees in this town that I'm like is it the there's bees? Just something going on with bees in general there I don't is, there trust is those some... sons of bitches. <laughs> listen they're going in extinct they're being endangered aren't yeah. they yeah I don't know anyway so it's created uh by Joshua Williamson and Mike Henderson okay so, awesome yeah. nailbiter image comics um, the good thing about image books is a lot of times the first trade are like $10 because they want you to buy them. Yes. So it's really easy to jump on to newer image books if you haven't already. So, mm-hmm. which I love that. I love that business model for them because mm-hmm. it just, it works out so good. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about, uh, his run on the flash, but specifically, um, the first arc in his run on the flash, which is called lightning strikes twice. Didn't it um, strike more than once? Yeah. It, I uh, mean, more than twice? Yeah. Lightning strikes, plural. Um, plural. What? Plural times, like multiple times. Why don't you just say multiple times? I don't know, because plural sounded funnier. Plural is like saying lightnings strikes. There's multiple like, strikes. Lightning, like lightning the, not strikes. The light, yeah. Lightning strikes. There you go. Lightning strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> they should just call it lightning strikes again. Yes. Um, and then, and then when it happens again, it, they should lightning strikes again, again. Just the lightning strikes back, and then the next one the could lightning be, strikes back. And it could be the return of the lightning is the next one. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, this was the run. This was the, the arc. lightning menace. That's right. This is the the uh, attack of the lightning, <laughs> and then revenge of the lightning. Revenge of the lightning. Uh, the lightning awakens. Okay. And then finally, <laughs> the, last the last. Yeah, the last lightning. <laughs> it's not finally because we have one more. That's right. What is the last one called? We don't know yet. Oh yeah, we don't we don't have a title for episode nine yet. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> so this was the arc that kicked off Joshua Williamson's run on the Flash. So, yes. uh, I was this was one of the ones like with with Rebirth, I had been kind of burned on the New Fifty Two pretty hard. So I was really like picky and choosy about Rebirth when it launched because I believed in what they were doing, but at the same time I was like consciously like nervous, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. Like there's, I didn't read everything from DC Rebirth when it first started, but like I did pick up a lot of the trades of Volume Ones when they came out. Like I, I did go back and I've read, I read basically everything from the launch of DC Rebirth later on. But um, there were a few titles that I was with right from the beginning. Joshua Williamson's Flash was one of the ones I bought the day of the first issue hit the stand. Um, 
and I have not missed a single issue. Like, so I've been along with this ride from the beginning last two years. So, which is great. And I've been, and it's, you know, 50 plus issues now and I've enjoyed, you know, all of it. Some more than there's certain story arcs that I've liked more than others, but I don't think he's, he hasn't done anything that I've felt like, Oh, that one wasn't so good or whatever. You know, for the most part, I've really enjoyed what he's doing, but this is, this is one of those things besides flash war, I think Flash War is probably the best part of his run, but up before that, I still think this first part of it was the best, which is kind of like Scott Snyder's like New 52 Batman run. Like it started with Court of Owls and he never really kind of topped that. Like the rest of his run is still really good. Like Death of the Family and Zero Year and stuff is really good, but like Court of Owls is like just too good. So that's kind of how this one kind of was until Flash War came along. This, this first story arc for The Flash sets it up so good and it's such a cool premise too because it's this idea that the speed force storm comes to central city and gives like a ton of people's speed force powers like people just become speedsters like 30 people or so this is where we have mina became a speedster and avery became a speedster and wallace wallace um which is the new 52 wally Mm-hmm. which at the start of DC Rebirth, the original Wally came back. So that's kind of, they call one Wally and one of them is called Wallace. Um, this is where he gets, so he's the current Kid Flash. He got his powers here. Um, and just a bunch of random people. Some of them were criminals and some of them used powers for bad. And some of them didn't want them at all and were trying to get rid of them. And mm-hmm. some of them A lot of help. them couldn't control it, right? Yeah, there's a beautiful scene in one of the first issues of The Flash where... He, because Barry has the the powers, he feels obligated to help kind of coach some of these other guys. Mm-hmm. And um, he talks to this little girl that got struck by lightning and she can't stop vibrating. And he like talks her down and like soothes her and calms her enough to where she can stop because she's like shaking so much that she's just like vibrating at a speed where like nobody can like really see her. She's mm-hmm. just like fuzzy and stuff. And it gets really beautiful because it's just dialogue and it's the way he like... The way he describes to her from the point of view of somebody that has these powers, how to like, like settle. And so it's not something you get to see a whole lot, like a man that can move so fast. You think he'd be so anxious and which he kind of is like, how do you like come down Mm -hmm. when you can do everything so quickly? So that's really good. We get introduced to August Hart, who kind of retconned in. We find out he is the detective that found Barry the night of his accident. Like when Barry got struck by lightning and got his speed powers, August was the one that found him in the lab and took him to, you know, receive medical attention. Interesting. So kind of a retcon from Joshua Williamson there, which I liked. Yeah. Because it it establishes this is the bond they have. And uh, he relates to Barry in a sense because he knows that Barry, he doesn't know Barry's the Flash at this point. Um, but he does know that Barry became a CSI detective because his mom was murdered. And this guy's brother was murdered by a group of a gang in city called the Black Hole. Yeah. So they're kind of investigating this. And this August Hart is another one of the people that gets struck by lightning in the Speed Force storm. And he gets uh, Speed Force powers as well. And so at, at that point, Barry tells him who he is. And he kind of coaches him and he becomes kind of a sidekick for the Flash for a little bit. Mm -hmm. If I had to pick one kind of nitpick of this story is that it does get pretty predictable, but you don't really care because like 
the new villain of this story is Godspeed, which is this awesome villain who has one of the kick-ass, like most kick-ass costume designs of recent years. How um, is it predictable when you it's, didn't it's, even predict it? I didn't because I'm not smart, but like a lot of people, <laughs> like it, it. Looking looking at it now is really obvious. Like, like Mary mentioned earlier, like spoilers, like August Heart is Godspeed, and like when you look at it now, it's pretty obvious where that was going. I called it. Yeah, like it the the mystery doesn't really hold a lot of weight who Godspeed is. So like but when they do reveal it, it is really cool and like they're the climax of how it ends, I won't spoil that cuz you know, I think we do try to kind of sell these books to and when we do these episodes, I don't want to just completely spoil everything. Yeah. But um I, I do think the the conclusion is pretty satisfying and then Godspeed has come back in other arcs since then, but he's never been as good as he has in this beginning like he's never been as good as the story that he was created for so i hope that maybe he gets another crack at like being the focus of a story at some point because since he's come back he's only been like a supporting character Mm -hmm. so i don't know we'll we'll kind of see about that because I, i don't see him be ever being a villain again i don't know they leave it open maybe so it's like okay uh maybe not a villain but he definitely like i said i've been in and out of this so i wouldn't know I mean, he's he's definitely pretty much a straight up villain in this first arc. But even still, he's he's his motives are kind of good. But even he kind of redeems, he gets redemption later on through Josh Williamson's arc. But it's like he's he's always gonna have his own motivations. So like, true. Even though he helps Barry later on in a story, they called never really Perfect agree, Storm, right? Yeah, like okay. He helps Barry, but he also is going to do whatever he's going to do. And the cool thing that makes Godspeed, like all of them got speed force powers, but some of them kind of differ in different ways. Like Godspeed's thing is he can take speed from people, which was really cool. Like that was kind of the thing that made him different versus someone like Thawne or Zoom, right? Like he can like suck the speed force out of people by like touching them and stuff. And so uh, his introduction in the story is him stealing people like all these people that got struck by lightning he's like coming and stealing all their speed and like it like hurts them and like puts them in the hospital and stuff hmm. so it's really good to say i'm not gonna spoil the ending but when the reveal is made that barry finds out oh it's his friend that he's been coaching hmm. is the one that's been hurting all these people um it comes to a head and they it does have a really satisfying conclusion they have a kick-ass fight of course yes um there was some amazing covers awesome there was some amazing covers awesome so and they say godspeed is a really cool premise and i hope joshua williamson didn't just create him to be this kick-ass villain in this one story just to be kind of like spattered out like only time will tell yeah like i i want to see another storyline of him being the focus again so he, he has a lot of plans. It doesn't sound like he's leaving that book anytime soon, mm-hmm. which is really good. Like he was just saying in the interview I was watching that like Flash War to him was like the beginning of part two of like of where his art of mm-hmm. where his run is going. So like it sounds like he's got this thing plotted for a good little while. So which is great because I love when people just get a good run on a series like people just stay like like jeff john's like 70 issue run on green lantern is amazing so josh williamson's already got 50 and it was double shipping for a good little while but dc's kind of backing away from that so it's going to go to single ship which probably needed to so yeah i mean it's really good the the whole run has been a lot of fun but definitely go pick up there there's a trade for it called you know dc rebirth the flash lightning strikes twice buy that that i think will give you a pretty good sense of like what joshua williamson's been doing in his run because like 
it, it definitely sets the groundwork of like where what kind of writer he is and what how he likes to write the flash so mm-hmm. i think if you like that if you read it and you like it definitely keep going and uh, i think i said it on our flash war review but i i I think it holds a lot of weight because for a long time, Barry Allen was kind of considered the boring flash because, you know, like, like the, the greatest thing Barry Allen had ever done was die in Christ on Infinite. Like that was his greatest like contribution to comics as a whole was sacrificing himself in crisis mm-hmm. on infinite earths. And then for a whole generation of people after that, the flash was Wally West. Yeah. And so when Jeff Johns wanted to bring Barry back, which I'm glad he's back, um, there's been kind of this divide between people of oh like so like some of the younger people didn't really want Barry they didn't care about Barry because they didn't have the history with him because he's been dead their whole life so the two greatest flash runs of all time considered by most people are the Mark Wade run and the Jeff Johns run which are both Wally West flash runs so I think Joshua Williamson is really doing something incredible because this is an awesome run that he sounds like he's staying on for a long time that's a Barry Allen flash run and just because of the lack of competition, you could probably you could probably already crown it as probably the best Barry Allen Flash run. Because it's just because you're competing with a lot of Silver Age stuff when the stories weren't taken as seriously. You know what I mean? So definitely, it's like he's he's making the first really concrete Barry Allen Flash run that like like no offense to Francis Manipal's run in New Fifty Two, but I know some people are kind of hot and cold on that. Like I think Joshua Williamson is doing something that's a little more traditional. With the character, but also taking it to different places. So, yeah. The Flash Lightning Strikes Twice. You should read it. And Nailbiter. And Nailbiter. You should read both of those books. Yes. Um, is there anything else we want to say on Josh? Um, I hope he has a long... Like, I hope in 10, 20 years we're, like, still reading his books and he's, like, the veteran at that point. Like, oh, he's the guy that's been around for so long. Like, he's he's definitely part of that new wave that's going to, like, change comics for the next generation, which I love. Yes. Hey, so. hey, hey, Josh... Josh Williamson, you're doing good. Yes. That's what I have to say. You've done good. You've done good. Um, <laughs> Mary's pretty picky about The Flash because that's her guy. So if, she, if it's Mary approved, then you're probably doing all right. Yes. So, okay. So let's move on to weekly picks. Weekly picks. Uh, you want to go first? Or you um, want me to go first? Yeah, tell us about you ice know, cream. You yeah, know what mine's going to be. Ice Cream Man. Yes. Number seven? Yes. Yeah, sounds right. Seven. I think so. Seven it is. We're crowning it. Seven. I think it's seven. Pretty sure it's seven. My Little Poltergeist? Yes. Yes. Uh, terrifying issue. Terrifying. <laughs> uh, written by W. Maxwell Prince and uh, drawn by uh, Martin Morazzo. And it's nightmare fuel it is, all day long. It is pretty <laughs> nightmare fuel, yeah. Um, it's really good. This issue was just about, it's just about a little girl trying to deal with death. Basically, mm-hmm. we'll we'll leave it at that. We're gonna leave it at that. Okay. Uh, for that part of it, but for the ice cream man part of it, we learn the ice cream man's name, and then this other guy, the cowboy guy, we also learned his name. Uh, we got Rick Torres. Rick, that what it was? I think okay. Rick Torres for uh, ice cream man. Yep. And then Caleb for cowboy guy. For cowboy guy, which. We still don't really know a lot about either. Yeah, of what's these going guys. on with yeah? What is going on with them? Obviously, there's something like they have some kind of deal or something going on mm. and like Caleb's like cutting it short or something. I don't know. We're we're going to see. Um but this this one was total nightmare fuel. Um best issue of the series, I think. Don't don't read it with your kids. Oh yeah. 
You don't don't <laughs> let you, don't let your kids read Ice Cream Man. Any of them. Don't re- don't let your kids read any of Ice Cream Man. But, um, uh, this is the best issue of the series, I think. You know, I would probably have to say so for creep factor, for story. I just think it was firing on all it's cylinders. Just, yeah. Everything was great. Coloring the art, that just everything was just bam, like. Yeah, it was it was so good. It, yeah. it was really really well done. Um, like I say, yeah, the story was solid. It's I love that it's like we're just still getting tiny little like all Maxwell Prince W Maxwell Prince wants to give us is just these tiny little nuggets of information. Like mm-hmm. we, it's like we really still don't know. Like the only things we can really say say for sure is like the Ice Cream Man this and Caleb have a history. Mm-hmm. We don't know what that is. The Ice Cream Man is not human. No. We, I mean, we kind of already knew that, but that's definitely confirmed in this issue yeah. because we see him take a form that's terrifying as hell. Like, yeah. Well, actually, we don't even know if Caleb's human either. We don't, but like we know for sure the, the ice cream, ice cream is man not, is not human. He is not human. <laughs> Some sort of a demon or entity of evil. Like, yes. he is no good. He no is bueno. scary. So... Um. Um, Ooh, I'm, I'm wondering if they're gonna do. I'm just some thinking kind about of a, those fingers. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering if they're gonna do some kind of a thing where like he's some like Ice Cream Man is some sort of like embodiment of like hell, and Caleb is some sort of embodiment of like he's from like heaven or somehow. Like, That's the, what I'm thinking somehow, they like, might be like going a, for. Like he's like a representation of God of somehow, or like he's a, like a like a worker of God. Like that's what I'm maybe? thinking they might be going for. But maybe. I mean, Who we don't knows? we don't know for sure. We only know right now. We only know their names. Mm-hmm. Like. That's it. Because like the ice cream man, for the most part, through all these stories, he's been there to tempt people yes. into doing bad things. Like, like we're not religious people, but obviously, if you're into religion at all, you know, like the devil is supposed to be constantly behind you, tempting you to sin, which mm-hmm. is kind of what the ice cream man has done. Yeah. So, and it sounds like Caleb is kind of the hard nose, like enough's enough, kind mm-hmm. of a. I don't know. It could be something completely different. I have no idea. We're gonna see. Um, I did see. Um, is it issue nine? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Martin Morazzo posted, or was it W. Maxwell Prince? It was either Martin Morazzo or W. Maxwell Prince. They posted something, mm-hmm. but it's the art, which makes me think it's Martin Morazzo, but it's the art of the town and it just like from far away, it just, it looks like there's like pillars of smoke. So I'm wondering what's going on with that. And they still haven't even really, correct me if I'm wrong, they still really haven't even set like a setting for this book either. Like we don't know if like, does this take place like, in the past, like, is, like they've never really given you enough concrete to like, is this like a modern day story or is it supposed to take place in a certain time period? No, I, I think it's modern day. Is it? I think it's modern day. I'm trying yeah. to think if you've seen anybody using like smartphones or anything in the book. I don't think we've seen smartphones, but I think it's just implied that it's modern okay. day. I'm just saying like they haven't necessarily specified is what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess that's true. So who knows? Who knows? Okay. All right. Um, what's your pick? Um, I'm as predictable as Mary this week. You know when Mr. Miracle comes out that that's that's what it's going to be. It's and not Life of Captain Marvel? Life of Captain Marvel is solid. Um, I haven't read it, so really you can't good. tell me about it. It's really good. And also, a quick shout out to Batman Damned, which was really cool. All yeah, the, we all, didn't even talk about all Batman the pre- Damned. All the press this week was the whole thing. Batman shows his dick in this book. Okay, fine. can he we does. not focus on that? I mean, Kay, it's a story. I get it. But like, don't let that take it. I'm kind of mad that they did that now just because that's all anybody talk, like, talked about the book. Because like, the book is good. Can we talk about the other things? Like yeah, how like, creepy Enchantress is? Did you see her? Yeah, like the Batman Damned is really good. It's not just the Batman dick book. Like it's it's a good comic. But 
it's not Mr. Miracle because Mr. Miracle 11 came out this week, guys. Yes. We only have one issue left. And this thing has just built to a climax that is so freaking good. And mm-hmm. I hope that Tom King sticks the landing because, like, again, this is going to be one of the best comics of all time if the ending suits. Like, so... I, I hope he pulls it off. It's been so good. Tom King, Mitch Garrett's Mr. Miracle 11. Not going to talk about any of it because it's issue number 11. And if you haven't read any of it, then I'm like spoiling the previous issues by even talking about what goes on in this one. But uh, I was near tears towards a part of it. It's just so good, man. I love I, I, I have so much care for like Scott and Barda, these characters that I was like, I knew of but didn't really have any affinity for that are now like in my top favorite characters just because of this series alone. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? This is making you care about them yeah, like a lot. I, like I knew who Mr. Miracle and Big Barda were. I knew who but they were But he didn't really together. care about them before. Yeah. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, they're there. They're there and I, I I hadn't really read a lot of stories they were involved in and this, yeah. this book has just, you know, changed those characters forever for me, so. Mr. Miracle number 11, Ice Cream Man number 7. Read them because they are amazing. An image book and a DC book. There you go. Mm-hmm. Which is also what we did for uh, our book reports, Nailbiter and Flash. So, awesome. Um, time flies almost as fast as Superman. This podcast is almost over. But before we get out of here, we got to pull a name for next month's creator focus. So, Mary pulled the last one. So, I'm going to pull the name of the next creator that will be talked about. Do you hear that? It's It sounds like uh, paper is being ruffled in a bucket. I have it. I have it in my hand. Okay. It has been chosen. All right. What is it? What is it? It is... Oh, my God. I hope you're ready to do some freaking notes because we got Jack Kirby. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> this is going to be so awesome. Okay. Especially when we just talked about Mr. Miracle and Big Varda. Yeah. All man. right. That's oh, going to be... Jack Kirby is... How many pages of notes am I going to have for that? A lot. All right. Because he is one of the best who ever did it. And he is, like, if you talk about, like, Mount Rushmore of comics, he is, like, the first name I'd probably think of, like, Jack Kirby all day. All right. So. Jack Kirby uh, next month. Also, next month is our one-year anniversary. Oh, it also is. Yeah. Yes. And uh, get ready for uh, a lot of podcasts coming your way because we got some busy stuff going on. Next week is Doomsday Clock week, which means we're going to have Kylie here to do Doomsday Clock Clock number seven uh, review, which is going to be good. The next wasn't that bad, which is Spider-Man 3 will also be coming out. Watch it. It's on Netflix currently. Um, You can watch it and you can listen to our podcast and you can vote on our poll because we're probably going to post a poll. Yep. And the reason we're doing Spider-Man 3 for Was It That Bad is because Venom is about to come out, which means we will Venom. also have a review for Sony Pictures' Venom in the near future. So yes. a lot of good stuff we're going to be doing for you guys. And now a uh, creator focus for Jack Kirby coming up. Oh, my Ooh. God. I'm excited. Like, Dang, we're going to be busy. That's a freaking giant episode. That one's going to be like freaking two hours long. Oh, man. <laughs> Jack Kirby is going to be so much fun. What the hell am I going to read? Oh, my God. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am so freaking excited. Um, yeah. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media, and uh, which is Fortress of Comitude everywhere. Instagram, 
Twitter. Hey, um, wherever Facebook. wherever you listen to us, how about you drop us, you know, rate us, drop us some some good stuff. That would also, that would actually be really great. Also on Facebook as well, guys. If anybody has time, <laughs> you can um, rate the rate the pay rate the podcast. You can recommend it on Facebook, which we have none up to this point. But we uh, we have like a hundred and something followers mm-hmm. on Facebook, so I know you're out there. Yes. Um, so please please do that. Um, this podcast is available on no longer iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. <laughs> oh, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Audio Boom, SoundCloud, all of those, wherever you're hearing it now. So if you prefer one of those other methods, if you're a Spotify person, then know that we are on Spotify. So you yes. can listen to us there instead of we see, we whichever see those. version of us you're listening to right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so next week, Doomsday Clock with yes. Kylie, the and best podcasts we do. Yes. <laughs> And uh, what are we doing? Uh, was it that and bad? Was it that bad? <laughs> the other best podcast we do, which I also believe Kylie will be on. I will. Only assuming. time will tell. Yeah, we're ninety percent sure. Mm, maybe eighty-five percent sure. Maybe eighty-six. I don't know. <laughs> he wants to do it. He said he's going to do it, but you never know. Eighty-seven point two. Until then, I am Tyler. I am Mary. And we're doing Jack Kirby in a month, guys. Get yes. Because I'm freaking excited now. Did you say time flies almost as fast as Superman? I did, but time flies. When did you say that? I said it a little bit ago. I don't remember but, you saying uh, that. Thanks for listening to us talk about Josh Williamson. And right. time runs almost as fast as The Flash because this podcast is over. Bye, guys.